Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin. That is the story. Let's go. No music tonight. Thanks for joining us. It is Unleashed. Barry, sports talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco for Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday, January 3rd, 2022. And uh, I had this whole... Uh, thing planned out, and by the way, we'll be back with uh, Unleashed, various sports talk. Every single uh, weekday now that the holidays are over, I had a bit of a sickness. I was traveling a little bit, so uh, now we are back, and we will be back in full force for the rest of the year, or at least until further notice. But uh, we were doing them every single day, and I tell you, we drop them every weekday, and we are out for a few days. So thanks for hanging with us, and thanks for being back. And um, so I had a lot of things to talk to you about in the uh, in the podcast, and if you're watching on the YouTube channel, thank you very much. You can find... Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk with me, John Lund from KMBR Radio in San Francisco, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Spotify, Apple, those kind of places. Please make sure that you subscribe. Thank you very much. And Happy New Year, by the way. Also, the YouTube channel, just uh, John Lund or uh, Unleashed, Barry, a sports talk with me, John Lund. So on the YouTube channel as well, make sure that you hit us up. I'm on KNBR, back in the saddle, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And today is no exception with Greg Popa, of course, the voice of the 49ers. We'll talk about this uh, situation extensively. Uh, I had take, uh, taken my son to Las Vegas to a Raiders game. He's an aspiring broadcaster, and so it's a great time, and that, that'll hold for another day. And talking about the 49ers and how they approach this weekend against the Cardinals will hold for another day. And the Warriors getting a triple overtime victory with the Kavon Looney tip in, that will wait for another day because, obviously, uh, this is about life, and this is about, uh, you know, this is a human interest story. This is not a, uh, this is a life and death story. This is not a story. Uh, of sports, which uh, I do for a living, but I've done this many times, and I'm not here today to try to um, provide any medical insight or anything like that. There's a lot of people on Twitter that are trying to do that. That's not my job. That's not what I'm going to try to do. Um, what I can do is I, I've been in this situation a number of times. I've done. If you're new to the podcast, new to the YouTube show, uh, show, thank you very much for making the time. We appreciate it. And essentially, I've been on the air in these kind of situations, and what I can tell you about it, what I'm an expert about in this kind of a situation is how difficult it is to uh, transition from what you think you're going to talk about or call and then what you end up talking about or calling, in this case, Joe, Buck, and Troy Aikman. Now, first and foremost, before I get into that kind of a thing where I have some expertise, DeMar Hamlin, everybody, as everybody's talked about, uh, prayers up, and, and hopefully this uh, this young man is okay and that's first and foremost, and it does make me sick, I, I, and I don't even like to mention this person's name because they do this regardless of a life-and-death situation like this. This person, and you know who I'm talking about, a lot of these talking head shows on TV is I'm going to you know, get into the media and, and how these guys handled this and how these women handled this tonight, which I thought, for the most part, ESPN and ABC did a phenomenal job. And I'll, I, like I said, I'll tell you, it's just not easy. I've done it on numerous occasions. But this one horrible person that uh, – that uh, a certain network, not ESPN, will continue to employ because this is what he does regardless of situations. He tries to make it about him, and um, and he'll just he'll just be a leech and a terrible person no matter what. No matter what the situation is, he'll try to make it about himself, and that's what he does. He's the ultimate heel, and in this situation, you got you got to take your mask off and be a real person. And this person wasn't uh, Fox won't or excuse me, sorry, uh, that network won't fire this person because they'll probably behind closed doors pat him on the back. Uh, anyway, that sickens me. But in, uh, but to go back to the people who did it well tonight, it's a very difficult situation to be put in when you're Joe Buck and you're Troy Aikman. Uh, when you think you're going to call a game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills and it's for the best record in the AFC and you've hyped it up and Cincinnati goes down the field and then 
Buffalo makes it 7-3, and then with 5.58 left in the first quarter, as you well know by now, DeMar Hamlin takes a uh, helmet to the chest, gets up for a moment, and then falls back down. And what it reminded me of, um, and I, I nobody mentioned this as far as what I saw, and I, I looked at some social media but not a ton because while it can be very, very positive in ways, um, for example, the uh, DeMar Hamlin had a toy drive that, I, that was in 2020, and uh, he was trying to raise $2,500, and I think by the time I recorded this late, um, it was up to a million dollars and counting. So the NFL family, the NFL fans come through. There was a lot of pictures and videos, and I'll, I'll put some of them up on the screen if you're watching on the YouTube channel, of both sides, Bengals fans, Bills fans, uh, congregating at University of Cincinnati Medical Center and, and praying for the young man, which was really cool to see. So there was a lot of greatness that came from players like Stephon Diggs who ended up at UC Medical Center and, and, and basically got in and said, look, I'm not family, but I got to see my guy. I got to see my teammate. Uh, coaches going there. Um, great reporting done by the guys on ESPN in a situation, again, they think they're going to cover a football game on Monday night between the Bills and the Bengals, late season, big game. And they end up having to, having to do a news story, a life and death potential story. So I thought both those guys did a nice job for ESPN. I thought it was very difficult for Aikman and Buck because, again, here you are with no information. No one's going to give you information. And just, again, from a reporter's standpoint, having done this 25 years, when you're not getting information, that's when you get worried. When you get information, or as they were talking about, you get that thumbs up, right, that it's like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Um, That's the scary part. Now, back to what I was originally saying. It reminded me of Hank Gathers, if you're old enough to remember, uh, Loyola Marymount and uh, that whole team with Paul Westhead and Bo Kimball and that whole thing, and and he ran down the court, and, and and he just collapsed. And that's what it looked like that DeMar Hamlin did at first, and so my first inclination after they became so concerned and if you were watching the game you could tell very very quickly there was a there was a there was a medic with a radio on the field almost right away uh, you could tell the concern in the player's eyes and I'm not talking about later on when you've seen the videos on TV I'm sure and I'll pop some of the pictures up for you if you didn't see it uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel but y- you could tell that the players were shaking they were crying uh, there was tears in their eyes. There was disbelief in their face when this thing was going on, uh, and you could just tell right away. Now, some people criticized the NFL when they saw these photos, videos, pictures, reactions from players and coaches. That uh, Troy Vincent said later, uh, part of the executive, uh, part of the uh, office for the NFL said there was no five-minute warning given to the players. That may or may not be true. Um, Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, uh, went over to, to – uh, head coach of the Bills, and, and basically they had a congregation, and people say that's maybe when it happened or when it stopped. It's hard to criticize the NFL. I know Roger Goodell is going to get criticism because maybe they didn't make the decision quick enough for a player who potentially died or was, or was uh, greatly compromised onto a field, but I think they were just trying to figure out what the heck was going on like the rest of us. And then to sort of go back to the the media part of it is, you know, it was tough on Aikman and it was tough on Buck. They didn't know what to do, and I know a lot of people don't like Joe Buck, but that's a tough situation to be in. Susie Culber, who I've met and worked with, um, is the ultimate professional, and you could tell how shaken she was. Uh, Adam Schefter, I thought, did a fine job. He probably had more information than he was letting out, but I'm sure that at ESPN they're saying, look, there's no speculation. You can't speculate on these things. If you want to go to Twitter and people want to speculate, that's fine, but that's not what ESPN was doing, and I, I, I knew why. And just to kind of give you a little bit of background on me, like I said, I've been doing sports radio in, in many, many markets, 
and for 25 years. I've been in San Francisco since uh, 2010 uh, doing sports radio at a couple of different stations. I've been at KNBR since 2016, and I've covered, obviously, on the air, death during, you know, local legends passing away, and you think you're going to do one show and you do another. I've done shows where um, I was working in Salt Lake City during my show, and, a, and there was a tornado, and I was a mile from it, and a piece of cement fell off, uh, flew off the building and killed a guy, and all of a sudden you're doing a show about that. Uh, Payne Stewart was, was flying when he lost cabin pressure when I was on the air, uh, years ago, the, uh, the the golfer and um, everyone knew that he was he was dead uh, in that plane. They had lost cabin pressure and couldn't have contact. Um, the pandemic obviously was a time that that was very difficult. Nine eleven. I was on the air uh, during nine eleven, and that was um, that was very difficult. That changed sports forever. Uh, they didn't really come back from a TV standpoint. It used to be at a, a sports guy doing three or four minutes, and you just that again if you're too young to remember it. Um, it just changed everything in sports. It put everything in perspective. And so 9-11 really changed sports forever, and I was on during that. And in the pandemic, there was no sports to talk about. It seemed like we were talking about death every single day. And we had meetings, constant meetings, talking about what's the right tone? What do we do? Do we talk about sports? Do we have fun? Do we not? And we finally figured after a little while that if people were going to get their news from from whatever your source of news is, I'm not trying to make anything political, whatever your source of news is, that we had to be kind of the outlet for people that we, you know, we weren't the experts in terms of this. We didn't know about it. And so people who wanted to get away from it, who were glued to their TV sets talking about the pandemic all the time, that we were going to provide them with an outlet. Was it right? Was it wrong? I don't know. During 9-11, when was it right to go back to sports and laugh and have fun? So like I said, I've been through this for many, many years and have had a number of occasions where either on the air um, death had happened or near death or, or things that would definitely change the direction of the show that you had planned. You had all these different guests and all these different things. And then boom, this happens and you have to take a somber tone and you have to become a human being and you have to, you have to relate to people that you don't know either, that you don't know everything. And in this situation, it's, you don't know. So I thought that ESPN by and large, it was Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It was Susie Colbert, Booger McFarlane and, and, um, and Adam, and uh, and so they, I, I thought that they did, an, uh, Adam Schefter, I thought they did a really good job because that's a really difficult situation to be put in. And then I thought afterwards, and I want to play a little cut for you because I thought that Ryan Clark gave us a great player perspective on on how things were. I think Scott Van Pelt is, in t- is incredibly talented and struck the right chord during his sports center just incredibly well because you think about it, they think they're going to do a post-game show with the Bills and the and the Bengals, and they think they're going to talk about the standings in the AFC, and they're going to do this whole thing. And really, we're all kind of getting back to work now, right? Uh, January 3rd, I go back tomorrow on KNBR, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. But this is going to dominate our show, this talk. But uh, you think you're going to do one show, and you've got one show planned, and this is the way it's going to go, and you think you have until a certain time, I don't know, 10 Eastern or whatever he thinks is going to go on. All of a sudden, you're on two hours earlier, and this has been – put on your lap as the only thing that you're going to talk about because sports don't matter when this young man, uh, DeMar Hamlin, is fighting for his life. So you've got to change the entire tone. You've got to get different people in there. And I thought that Scott Van Pelt nailed it all night long, and I thought that Ryan Clark was phenomenal given a player viewpoint. So let me just play a little bit for you. This is from ESPN. This was uh, just after all the events had happened. They had thrown it to uh, Scott Van Pelt for uh, his version of Sports Center, and this is the way that uh, Ryan Clark, a former safety with the Steelers, 
described his feelings as he saw the play where uh, DeMar Hamlin was on the field fighting for his life. What words can we even put to this? What, what would you I share? The, I think the, the first thing, this is this, um, this is about DeMar Hamlin. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there was probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. So there's a little bit of a snippet from Ryan Clark, who I thought did a fine job of humanizing uh, this story, explaining from a player's standpoint. And he, as he said, uh, during his career uh, over double-digit years with the Steelers, had uh, medical issues of his own. So um, I thought he did a great job. That's again, I, I think that uh, the um, I'm, I'm not going to say the tougher the situation, the bigger the situation, maybe the then I, I think that. Uh, Scott Van Pelt really shines, and I thought he did a great job tonight in setting the tone for ESPN. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I'll put this up on your screen if you're watching on the YouTube channel, the Buffalo Bills uh, sent out a tweet. DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit in our game versus the Bengals. His heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to the UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. They had said also that he had a breathing tube. That, that's why they did CPR, because they, he, they were having problems um, he was having problems breathing on his own. And again, I'm not going to try to play a medical professional. There is a report on Twitter from a doctor who had actually said this exact thing had happened, that it was, it was during the heartbeat process, that there's a critical moment in which if you get hit like this, this could happen. I'm sure you could find it if you want. I don't know anything about that. I, it sounded like it made sense to me. And now that he's had cardiac arrest, maybe that's the case, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor and I'm not going to sit here and act like I am a doctor, but uh, it could be something like that. So again, he's listed in critical condition. So the fact that they did what they did, they got him where they got him, I think they probably did the best they could. Who knows? But, uh, again, I'm just talking about more of how the, how the situation was covered because that's what I know. 
I don't know about um, the medical side of this thing. I'm not trying to say that I know anything about the medical side of this. Uh, all I'm doing is making observations in terms of, of because I've been in the shoes of not to this level, not, of, of course, to this uh, magnitude in terms of millions of people watching or anything like that, but I have had to shift gears greatly, uh, not only during a show where death or, you know, very grave situations had happened, uh, or like I said, during the pandemic or 9-11 or, or things like that, where just the world changed and you have to change your tone uh, on the fly and decide exactly what you're going to do. And again, during the pandemic, that happened almost every day. We were like, okay, what's the right tone today? Can we laugh today? Can we talk sports today? When is the right time to come back to sports? And because I'm not a medical professional. I mean, I know the when I was working during 9-11, uh, we were taken off the air for a week and they because I was working with ESPN and they ran ABC news for a week because they didn't think that talking about sports was, was right for that week. And, and I was in complete agreement because it was like, this is a news story and we're not going to talk about sports for a long time. And then it was kind of, if you remember, and if you're around back then, if you remember um, Jack Buck uh, giving the speech that he did and, and the different things that happened. And then it was kind of like, okay, it's right to come back to sports, but these situations are never easy. So again, DeMar Hamlin, uh, at least at this time, uh, had his heartbeat restored on the field and uh, was not breathing on his own. He's in critical condition. So we just wanted to give you an update on on what we saw, what I saw last night. No easy way that they can do this and the type of situations that I've been through. But I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of what I thought in the way that things were ham, uh, handled. And uh, obviously, as everybody says, prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin, his family. He seems like an amazing kid. I watched a bunch of videos on him. I didn't know him all that well. I knew he was on the Bills. I knew of him, but I didn't know him in terms of, you know, you know Josh Allen and you know you know all the key players on the Bills. But, uh, again, we'll keep you up to date on the story. We'll get back to sports later on in the week. Tomorrow we'll get back. I want to tell you about my Raiders trip, and I want to tell you about, you know, going to, to, um, to the stadium there, to Allegiant Stadium, and taking my son, which I think all fathers can relate to. It's He's a, he's a broadcast student, and he's been a Raiders fan, and it was just a really cool experience. But I don't want to get into that tonight. We'll get into the Warriors a little bit as the week goes on. I'm back on KMBR, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. tomorrow being Tuesday, as I'm doing this late night on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, that was important to kind of get out my viewpoint on, on how everything was handled tonight. But um, on Tuesday, I'll be back on KMBR, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Make sure that you tune in. We'll talk a lot about this. We'll get some uh, professionals on. I know that we're uh, working to get a couple of those ESPN reporters that did a fine job last night from UC Medical Center and switching from football mode to life mode to human mode, which I thought they all did a really nice job because that is just not an easy thing, and I guess that's what, what I wanted to relate to you uh, in the podcast tonight and on the YouTube channel tonight. So, again, Happy New Year to everybody. Stay safe. Hug your kids a little bit more, man. You never know when these kind of things happen. I don't need to give you a speech on that, you know. I'm sure that's the way you're feeling tonight, but we're all feeling that stuff. We'll get back to sports. We'll get a lot into the Niners this week as they got a game against the Cardinals on Sunday. Of course, I'll be there for pre-half and post. We'll get to all that stuff because i got a bunch of good stories for you. I'm sure Papa does too. I saw him in a couple of Warriors games over the break. So we have a lot of fun stuff to discuss, but obviously DeMar Hamlin is the story tonight. We'll bring back all the music and all the fun and all those kind of things. But DeMar Hamlin fighting for his life, man. Prayers out to him. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks. We appreciate it. Make sure that you're... uh, Subscribing to the podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, Apple, Spotify, all those kind of things. If you haven't joined the YouTube channel, please do that as well. Subscribe on the podcast. Listen to me on KNBR from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. weekdays on the Blowtorch, KNBR 680, KNBR.com. And again, interact with the podcast and the YouTube show. If you put comments under here, I will put the best ones, read the best ones. I'll react back to you as well on the YouTube channel. Just search uh, uh, John Lund, search 
Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk, whatever way you want to do it. And, of course, subscribe on the podcast where you get your favorite podcast, at John Lund Radio on Twitter and Instagram, and I'll get back to the best ones there. There you go. That is today's podcast. Giving a little insight into the media side of the DeMar Hamlin story. John Lund, Unleashed, Barry Sports Talk, only here on the Locked On Podcast Network.